everyone. This is Florence Bremer. I am your host of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I've lived in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999. In the beginning of my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. I don't have a magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying work and time off. As a lawyer, it feels I'm never entirely off the clock. I never really step away from thinking about my cases and my clients, and it does seep into my everyday life. So the best I can do is enjoy my work and, and time not working. So please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in the practice of law. So I was in New Orleans the last couple of days. I got home yesterday, and I wanted to talk about that. This um, episode might become a two-parter because I have tons of notes from my um, journey and my trip and just wanted to share what travel is like right now and see if that helps anyone when they're trying to plan travel. So it's a little bit of a diary on my New Orleans trip. I think I'm pretty officially a bi-weekly podcast at this point. I'm finding that um, it's easier to have some notes over two weeks instead of trying to think of a topic every week. And in the past, it was easy to have a topic every week because every week was different. I had lots of different travel, lots of different court experiences, and now I've sort of settled into a groove where it's virtual court, a combination of virtual and in-person meetings, and tons of telephone and email. So really all I've been doing is just managing that over and over. And I'll tell you, I I was really having some fatigue about the that sort of what I'll call like a groundhog day, just living the same life over and over again, being very exhausted during the week, and then trying to have some fun and relax on weekends. So um, the weekend before I left, I booked a movie theater and we went and saw Scream, which is an old movie. It's from 96, but it's one of our all-time favorites. And it seemed fun. I had a very, very small group go with me. A lot of people cut out of going and weren't able to make it. So we had this tiny group that went. And um, we went to AMC, which has um, the reclining seats. And um, I, I got a survey from them afterwards because, and which I usually probably wouldn't fill out, but we had so many weirdo things happen to us that I felt I needed to let them know. I never heard from them. They didn't contact me about it or anything. But um, the movie didn't start for half an hour, and we did a private movie theater experience. We kept going. And we, like, went and told them, you know, hey, did you guys forget about us? They would say they were working on us, on it. Nobody came and talked to us. And finally, the movie just started. My brother got salts from the concession stand. 
and in an, I guess it's one of those COVID things that, I just feel there's a lot of COVID things that don't make any sense, but they gave him a little, um, like a concession cup, like a little tiny sauce cup with a top on it with salt in it. And he opens it up and they're used salts. <laughs> so that means that at some point when a theater was cleaned out, this is my, my, um, thoughts on how it happened. Someone cleaned out a theater, saw that there was a concession cup with the top on it of salts and decided they were going to recycle it. So that was gross. We reported that. And then my brother went into the bathroom and there was feces everywhere in a stall, like the walls, the toilet, the, there was pants left behind. And, um, then a fire truck pulled up. So I don't know if that had something to do with it, but my brother said a man walked into the bathroom and my brother said, Hey, you don't want to go in there. Something terrible has happened. And the man said, Oh yeah. And just walked in there. So I guess it was the man who did it. I don't know. It just was so many weird things. So in any event, uh, something nice that did happen is that you can do popcorn refills again. And when they give you a popcorn refill, they just give you a second bucket. So we just got a refill at the counter when we ordered the first bucket, which I'm thinking, why couldn't you have done this the whole time? You know, they have you like in the past, empty out the bucket into a box and then they fill it up for you. And so now they just give you two buckets and then, and they always acted like they couldn't do that before. And I've been told it was because for inventory reasons. Um, then afterwards we tried to go out to dinner. We went to a restaurant that my daughter's friend works at. It was packed. It was like a 45 minutes wait. So we just went home and ate. And I just attribute that again to what I'm going to call COVID fatigue, which I saw a lot when I took my trip to New Orleans. People are sick of it. They want to be out. They want to take their families out. And I don't know what that means. Um, for what's going to happen with everything, but hopefully vaccinations are kicking in and we'll see what happens. So I booked my trip Tuesday through Saturday and I booked myself and my youngest daughter who's 14. My older kids who have babies were like, you know, what are you doing? You're going to go out, you're going to bring back COVID. And it turns out when I was gone, both of the babies got pretty sick with like a stomach virus and um you know didn't have anything to do with me going to New Orleans um so there's something going around that's more like a you know one of those typical stomach viruses with like the vomiting and and that sort of thing and it's really sad the babies are all um you know just all worn out and and um throwing up in their beds and both of my daughters are like doing all this laundry to try to deal with the beds getting messed up and their clothes getting messed up and then both of my daughters who are the mothers are just feeling kind of run down as well and my one daughter's husband is feeling run down too anyhow let me start at the beginning because that's today so I used miles and I use miles for first 
class travel, I decided to fly first class because I had been told I had enough miles because I use one of the things with the business is I can use my business expenses. I can put them on a credit card and get these miles and which is a a great benefit for when I want to travel and they've just been piling up for the last year. So I booked us some trips to New Orleans and did first class because I figured there's just in the uh, American flight to New Orleans, they have one a one-way trip um, every day, which is new. Um, it used to be that the only airline that flew first class, or I'm sorry, first class, that flew nonstop to New Orleans was Southwest. They had one flight a day. Otherwise, from Phoenix, everything is a connecting flight, which makes zero sense because it's a three-hour flight to New Orleans. So it's like, why are... Why do they have to have people getting on and off planes like in L.A. and Dallas and I think maybe Nashville might even be a um, a layover, like just weird layovers. The L.A. one kills me because you have to go north to L.A. and then you fly across the, the whole country. So you take an hour flight and then you would take like a four and a half hour flight to New Orleans from Phoenix to New Orleans direct is three hours and they're usually able to get it under three hours most of the time. So why isn't this a direct flight? And most of the flights that I've been on have been, they're booked, you know, they're, they're booked. And I do American miles, but a lot of times I would just take the Southwest, Southwest direct one because I didn't want to be on a plane for seven hours. But in the past, um, sometimes I would because I would use my miles for first class and I'd fly to L.A., and this is when you would still get the first class service where they bring you the tray with the hot food and you would pick your meal and you would have drinks the whole time. None of that exists right now if you're looking for that for service. They hand you a box with something in it. On the way there, they handed us a yogurt in a box with blueberries that was actually kind of delicious. <laughs> it was blueberries and nuts. And, and then on the way home, it was a cheese tray. You could also get a turkey sandwich, but I don't eat turkey. The turkey sandwich actually looked delicious. It was on like this wonderful, delicious bread. I'm like, why can't they just have a veggie sandwich too? But the cheese tray was actually pretty good. Cheese and crackers and grapes and all of it was pretty fresh. But in the past, you'd get warm nuts and hot towels. And I don't know, I don't feel like that's that kind of service would cause the spread of COVID. But I don't know. I guess they're thinking it is. No alcohol, too. No alcohol of any kind on the flight. So you could have no drink. And not that I'm this huge drinker, but I do like to have like a vodka Sprite on a plane. It's just something that I've always done. So instead, I switched to, to Diet Coke. My daughter was um, very excited. She had never flown first class. And it's a bummer that she didn't get to experience it like it should be experienced. And I wonder if it'll go back to it or if the airlines are just going to cheap out on it. Um, the the first, light, first class attendant who really is only watching you, which is eight seats on this smaller plane, ignores you the whole flight. On the way home, the only time that the attendant talked to us, besides her giving us the food, was my daughter's mask had fallen between, um, fallen um, under her nose. For a second when she was looking out the window and then the lady was there like Johnny on the spot to be like her mask needs to go up. 
Um, I was missing New Orleans like crazy. I also had some hotel certificates. Another benefit of a credit card that I have that gives me a hotel certificate, which was going to expire in a few months. And I didn't really have anywhere to go. The hotel certificates, although it's a nice benefit, they don't make them super easy to use. You can only use them at some hotels and um, it's for one night. So like, when are you just going to go one night to a, a hotel that maybe you wouldn't normally pick? Because my feeling is they probably do their less popular hotels and then you they give you a room that's not one of their greatest rooms, I feel as well. Um, so my daughter had spring break. I was still trying to decide if it was safe, but I researched it. They were doing masks in public, hotels, planes, but I was missing the old world and I'd been looking at a lot of pictures over the last couple of weeks and thought, I'm just going to do it. So I booked it and I booked it Tuesday through Saturday. So on Monday, I had Monday when, um, when the week before I left too, this was like another reason why I really wanted to go was I had a Monday trial. This is the week before I left, which was continued to an, another day. Like we did the trial and the judge said, I'm going to give you another hour and a half. I don't want another hour and a half. I feel like everything I've presented has been presented. There's nothing else to present. I don't know why the judge is kind of dragging it out, but he's giving us another day. Um, Tuesday, I had a hearing. It went fine, um, but it had like a little bit of a problem. And then Wednesday and Thursday, I had all day trials in my office. Like as I'm talking about it now, it almost feels like a distant memory because they, it was so rough. I would get to the office around 8.30 in the morning. I would leave about 5 or 5.30. And on that Thursday, I also had another hearing where I told the judge, um, I'm having my associate fill in, but the clients are coming into the office. I might need a break. And just let you know the judge know. And he's like, well, just let me know. Well, when we got to that spot... We were actually smack in the middle of closing arguments. And so I saw the clients come in. My associate is amazing. She took care of them. She took care of the hearing. And all my worry that I had to kind of supervise and take care of everything. I mean, she's so awesome. I, I just should have known. But I was worried about it. You know, it was, I have a small office. And when you have two sets of clients in there, it's just a lot and I had a trial going on, and then the the other client brought family members, and it was all this activity in my office in a short period of time. So um, that whole week, I would get in early, left late. I was so tired. I would make dinner when I got home, and then I would just lay down and fall asleep immediately. I do have some health news, which is, and I think I maybe have mentioned it before, but I have had these left hip, less left hip issues for quite some time. I know I've mentioned it before. Um, there's this one part in my, it's called the SI joint. And it's on your sacrum, sort of between 
like at the edge of your sacrum and then where your hip starts. And it's this joint that gets very sore in a lot of people. And it's bothered me literally for years. And sometimes it um, bothers me a lot. Sometimes it bothers me a little. And if it's not in pain, I'm actually amazed because I can't believe that I'm not in pain. And But then what happened was over the last several months, my actual hip joint, so like the outside of my leg, like if you take your hand and you rub it along the outside, like where that ball of your hip is, was just inflamed, like so inflamed. And finally, I said, that's it, I'm going to the doctor. I had to wait for a referral for an orthopedic surgeon, and then the orthopedic was able to see me this week, and um, and another thing about the about the hip was it was it would hurt in the morning a ton it would hurt after I walked if I would roll over it roll over on it during the night I think it awoke me and it was inflamed with standing activity everything so Tuesday I go to the appointment and the doctor was able to tell me pretty much immediately what it was like immediately he said it's your U of SI joint disease. That part I knew. I, you know, I was able to figure that one out on the using the internet. The one that I didn't get, I thought my left hip was arthritis. I thought maybe it was a tear. I thought it was a knee injury, uh, riding up. Um, I didn't know what it was, but it was just awful. It would make me feel like I had a toothache. Or a fever. Like, that's how bad it hurt. And what it was, and he could see it in an x-ray, was it was bursitis, which is just like a sack of pain that goes around certain joints. Hip joints, shoulders, big toe joints, knees, I think. Um, but the hip is a super common one. And the, the treatment is a three-prong approach. One was uh, signing me up for ther physical therapy, which I'm actually starting this upcoming week. A medication, like a prescription anti-inflammatory to take as needed. And a cortisone shot in each of those two areas. And I've had cortisone before. It's been a while. I used to get the SI problem on my right side. And about 20 years ago, got shots there and it's been good and now it's migrated to the left so they gave me one right in the ball of the hip and then in the SI joint the SI joint one was nice and easy like no problem the one in the hip was really painful <laughs> and I was like it hurts really bad um, and she goes that's good we're like getting in there and getting in there for sure um, that that I'd, it wasn't relief immediately. It was some relief immediately. But later, and I had such a good night of sleep, was that it was like resolved. And my hip has felt great. My SI joint has had some pain. and um, But it would even hurt. Like it was so bad. Like if I would just be sitting, it would just be throbbing. Um, but, you know, as I was traveling... It would, the SI joint would hurt sometimes, but not bad, just fine. Like, okay, like I was, 
I, it was God's gift. I, like, I can't even tell you, like, the amount of pain that I was in and to have it so different. I noticed um, some side effects. I had like, kind of like some hot flashes, on, and I didn't realize they were side effects at first, like hot flashes on my face and chest the first few days and just sort of an overall sweatiness since then. And that's part of it, but I'll take that any day compared to what it was. I know that um, it it has been such a change. One of the things that I was having an issue with was when I would take walks, and especially my Saturday walk, my long, long walk, after I got done, my whole day would be sort of shot. I would take some Tylenol or some Aleve, and that might help a little bit. I would ice it, but it was such pain. And today, I took one of my long Saturday walks, and I walked all over New Orleans. And I didn't have that thing where I would get back to the hotel room and be like in the worst pain ever. I would have some pain in my lower back, but not like that crazy, crazy, crazy pain. And it felt so much better. So I have to say, go to the doctor if you need it. I am a person who doesn't go to the doctor and it doesn't um, often behoove you to wait for that type of thing. And another thing I learned about bursitis, because once once I had it and realized I had it, I kept reading about it. So it's made worse by activity because I'm someone who will think, oh, well, I just got to get moving. I just got to get my joints going. I don't want to, you know, sit down and, and it, I don't know, freeze up basically. And I did notice before any of this that when I would take a day off of walking, I actually felt better than when I walked. Or if I did some sort of workout, and then the next day didn't do the workout, the second day when I didn't do it, I felt better. So bursitis is inflamed by movement and walk and walking, which sucks when you want to get out and be a person in the world. So on the trip, so Monday night, uh, Monday at the office, I had a pretty good day where I was just like completely organized where I had my outgoing message changed. Um, I had my files to the, to my legal assistant and to the attorney in my office. Everything was going well. I think I went home around three o'clock, started packing. But then that night I started to have tons of anxiety. I had anxiety about work. I woke up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., and started answering emails in the middle of the night. And I came off, I just came off at three trials. And when I've done that, there's sort of this crash that you have where you have all this adrenaline going. And then when the trials end, you crash. Like this, you know, the best way you can explain it, like you're exhausted. And I had this reprieve like built into my schedule from Tuesday to, the, to Friday. And I had one hearing that I could attend telephonically when I was on my trip, but it was like the world's easiest hearing. Like really, I didn't need to do anything. So it was super easy to, to schedule that as part of my trip. Like I didn't need to be in a hotel room with files or 
anything like that. I could be in the street. It didn't matter. And um, I will, going back to getting ready for the trip, the greatest thing that has ever happened to me is the out of the office message. I used it when I was in trial and I used it when I was traveling. And I know a lot of people will be like, who cares? That's a regular thing. I didn't have it for any time. I never had it because I had an email server that was called a pop server and you couldn't use it on Outlook. And then when I switched to the cloud-based server, I could use it. I've used it three times in the last few weeks. I used it for the two-day trial. I used it for my travels. And one day I had like a full day trial. So I just put it on there as well. It's great because I can say, you can call my legal assistant, you can call the other attorney in my office, um, but here's an email and you're not going to get a response from me right away, like they might usually be used to getting, or at least in a couple of hours. I'm going to talk about the airport a little bit. Um, besides for the face mask, it's not really different. There was tons of people at the airport in Phoenix. We went to the Admirals Club, which is a, another benefit that I have on a credit card, and it was jam-packed. The food was individually served where it was like in little cups, and there was an avocado toast lady, and she would make avocado toast for you, and she could serve you scrambled eggs. You could also get yourself... Um, soda from the soda machine, or you could get yourself a coffee. So all of that, you know, seemed to be okay. It's not exactly the same. Um, you know, in all, in all the individual cups, it's kind of a, it's one of those things where I think there's so much, so much trash, like so much trash. And it's a little bit disheartening, but it's the, the way it is right now. Um, we got to the airport with 20 minutes to spare after going through security. Um, like I said, it was packed on a Tuesday. Lots of families, I'm guessing, because of spring break. And I never, ever do anything during spring break. But I figured there had to be less travel this year. But there wasn't. Um, I talked about um, first class. It wasn't a first class experience. It was nice to have the bigger seats and be towards the front of the plane, but it's definitely not the way it used to be. First, they hand you uh, water and a pretzel in a plastic bag, and then we got the yogurt and blueberries in a box. The plane was very empty on the way there, um, so that was nice. On the plane, I watched a movie called An American Pickle. Please see this. It was so cute. It's with Seth Rogen. He plays a man from the 20s, and he gets preserved in pickle juice. He wakes up 100 years later and meets his great-grandson, his only living relative, also played by Seth Rogen. The man who was preserved his lifelong dream was to drink seltzer, and his grandson had a seltzer machine in his house. And then he's trying to adapt. He gets into some trouble. It's a lot about family and the American dream. Seth Rogen was great. Two different characters that felt completely different. I always thought of Seth Rogen as kind of Seth Rogen. Like he's always Seth Rogen in a movie. And when he played the guy who played his great grandfather, he was completely different. And then I thought when he played the more modern great grandson, 
it was, um, he was more like Seth Rogen, but like not Seth Rogen. <laughs> so it was fine. It, it was great actually. Like see it. I had heard of this movie. I, I figured it was something I wouldn't want to watch, but I really, really enjoyed it. I noticed that the movie selections weren't as robust as they have been previously. Um, but you know, that one came up and maybe that was a godsend because it gave me a chance to watch a movie that maybe I normally wouldn't have watched. We took a cab into New Orleans. That was regular, but masks the whole time. And it was a very humid day. It was a humid, it was super humid the first two days that we were here. So it was rough. And I thought to myself, are we going to have to do masks all summer? Like that's going to be tough. And we were doing masks last summer, right? Like, why does it, why did it feel so different? Um, we checked into the hotel and laid down. I was so tired after working in the middle of the night and then going to the airport in the morning that I needed to lay down for a little bit. And then, so we went for a late lunch slash early dinner and I had to see what was going on in the quarter. It was so sad. I was so depressed. Luckily, my daughter is just a a good kid. <laughs> it would have been unbearable because she had never been there and she had such a good attitude. She was just happy to be there. And her and I had never taken a trip together before because we always had her sisters. And now that her sisters are mothers, you know, and she's older, um, New Orleans, I've always felt she was too young for it, so I never brought her. The older girls had been there. So in the quarter, at least half the businesses were closed down. Restaurants, shops, I felt like I was going to cry. We went to lunch at a restaurant called Country Flame, where I've eaten every time in New Orleans. It's a Cuban-Mexican restaurant, and I get the plantain fajitas. Then we started walking around. There were people, but not like it used to be, but I will say that as it got closer to the weekend, there started to be a ton of people everywhere. There was more families than I've ever seen. I don't know if I've ever seen a child in the French Quarter. That has to be wrong. There has to be lots of times where people bring their kids and I've seen their kids. But it's always something that struck me was there wasn't a ton of children when I went there. And there was this time there was lots of strollers, lots of big families. Then we went back to the hotel that night and I couldn't sleep. So I watched American Horror Story Coven all night long because it's in New Orleans. So I said, well, since it's, um, one thing I decided is we weren't going to go out at night because that's when New Orleans does seem to perk up and we weren't there for that type of trip. So we were in every night, except for one night we went to a movie. And I forgot how much I loved that season of American Horror Story. Angela Bassett's in me, and Angela Bassett's in it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how beautiful is she? She's got to be 60 or, or older? Like, crazy. And Jessica Lange, who I believe was around 70 at the time, she filmed that season like crazy. Um, so I just wanted to put on a show that I had seen before that I didn't really need to think about. And I dozed on and off all night long. 
and then in the morning we moved to a different hotel actually about one and we were a little bit worried because the news report was that there was supposed to be a huge storm and a tornado on the Wednesday the day that we were moving to the different hotel I also figured it was going to ruin our day I had points for the free hotel but I didn't want to stay there for the whole time. So the first night we stayed at Courtyard by Marriott. It was nice, but we didn't have a great view. And we had a small room that had a king bed. But the king bed was huge, but we shared it. And she, But she's a teen, so she was up a lot, and it kind of kept me up. We got up and we tried to have breakfast at this restaurant called Daisy Dukes, which has a breakfast special from 6 to 8 every morning. And when I would go there in the past, it would be like people who were getting off of shifts and or maybe people who were done partying for the night and wanted to get breakfast. And it's $2.99 for breakfast. Not open. Um, you could tell it wasn't shut down for good, but it wasn't open and there was no sign. And that happened to us two days in a row. We tried to, we actually got to go there on Friday, which I'll get to in a bit, but Two days in a row we went there, just not open. That's also another thing about New Orleans is that if people don't feel like opening their restaurant or their shop, it just doesn't open. But tons of stuff was not open. So we moved to the Sheridan where I've stayed a lot. It's really nice. And they let me do an early check-in. We went, we left the Marriott at 1, checked into the Sheridan like at one ten. And it was nice because, as you know, there's this gap between checkout and check-in. And I think regular checkout is 11, so I got a late checkout at Courtyard by Marriott. And regular check-in is 4 o'clock, which is just crazy. It's crazy if you're staying in a hotel for one night because you're basically staying like, I don't know, I was going to say 12 hours, but that's exaggerating. But like 16 hours, and then you're out the door. You do not get to stay 24 hours unless the hotel accommodates you and you can do an early check-in and a late check-out. We wanted to get settled because, like I said, there was a report that there was going to be a thunderstorm and a tornado warning, and we got to the new hotel and checked in. But there was no thunderstorm, at least then. So we went out for the day. We went to a place called Riverwalk, which is like a giant long mall that runs along the river, but lots of shops closed down. It takes about two hours to walk through. It's a huge place. It's attached to the convention center. There's a Cafe du Monde in there. I tried to go to the one in the quarter, but there was a line down the street. So if that ever happens to you, go to the one at Riverwalk. It's not exactly the same, but it works. Um, and it was actually really delicious. It was the, the same. Sometimes I've gone there and felt it's not as good, but this time it was just as good. Um going through my notes. Oh, also on Wednesday was St. Patrick's Day. So lots of businesses and bars closed down. It reminded me of the time that I went there for Mardi Gras. Lots of businesses and bars were closed down to keep crowds from gathering. And I talked to an Uber driver and he said that businesses were just starting to open back up in the last two weeks because there was, I, you know, i wasn't sure if it was, and I didn't look it up, I wasn't sure if it was a mandatory shutdown, but things were shut down until about two weeks ago, and then they were just opening back up. 
The driver was very happy to see people in the streets, and we took an Uber to Frenchman Street, which is a street where a lot of locals go. It has become more touristy over the years. It's kind of like a, a secret that's not really a secret. And we went to Dat Dog and got there for happy hour. Had dogs and cheese tots. I had my one beer that I always get when I'm in New, or New Orleans, the Abita Amber. There's a bookstore. Um, so bought um, a book there. Walked down Frenchman. They didn't have the art booths. The bars were closed. Obviously, we weren't going into bars. But there was a section where there's a bunch of art booths and they weren't there. And we were walking back. And and maybe this is because my hip, but I felt like walks that seemed to me in the past to have been really, really rough walks didn't feel so bad this time, but it was getting humid. And so I guess the storm was starting to brew and I was getting nervous, um, thinking, you know, we were going to get stuck, but we were not too, too far from the hotel. So I just figured we'll walk as much as we can and then we'll um, pop into somewhere a restaurant or something and have an uber pick us up if we need to we went to a place where I always get a foot massage it's these two men that work there and I almost felt like they were going to recognize me because the about a year and a half ago when I was there I went there every day there's many foot massage places they are people who are extremely honest a lot of times you get this thing where they, the people try to like, they just start massaging your head, which I hate. I do like a head massage, but I hate the lotion and the grease in my hair. And they'll just start doing it and want to charge you for it. And then you have to say, and I was going, no head, you know, don't do my head. And we got stopped and got foot massages and it was so steamy and humid. And we, the place had no AC, no fans, nothing. And then after our foot massage, we like cooled down a bit. But then we walked all the way back. We were um, kind of accosted by a street person who was really, really intoxicated. But it was more funny than scary. And we were able to laugh about it. And I told my daughter, I said, this is why you don't go to New Orleans after dark. This is when the things start to get crazy. And then we got some snacks from CVS. And then went back to the hotel. So there was thunder and lightning all night and the crazy, crazy thunderstorm. So we're so glad to be in. And I'll tell you, when we got settled in, we had planned to watch. Um, they had free HBO uh, streaming. They had free Showtime streaming. They had Prime Video, like all the apps. And for some reason, this has happened to me on <laughs> dozens of occasions. I, I, I don't even travel that much. I travel occasionally. The TV won't work. I always get a TV that doesn't work. So the, I don't even know what he would be called, the technical guy, the superintendent, the maintenance person, he came in, he was super nice, and uh, wore a mask, which was good. Um, and we ended up needing to move to a different room, which I thought was an odd solution. Like, why not um, have us, what, can't they just bring in a new TV? Well, no, they didn't. So I joked with, we, we took all our stuff. They asked us if we wanted help, and I said, no, I'll, we'll just um, 
drag our own stuff to, we were far from the elevator, so we dragged it all the way down the hall to the elevator, and then our next room was far from the elevator, and I told Maggie that it was our destiny to not be in one hotel room. The first one was my fault because I wanted to use that certificate. The second one wasn't. And I had started watching, like once we got settled in, I had started watching Alan versus Pharaoh. If you haven't seen this yet, I highly recommend it. I thought I was not going to be into it. Um, I had preconceived notions for sure. I had thought that Mia Farrow was maybe a bit of a crackpot. Watch it and make your own conclusions. And it is one-sided. It doesn't have... I mean, it, it says that they tried to interview Woody Allen and his wife, Suni, but they declined. Or maybe they didn't interview him. Um, they may wanted to interview one of the other kids. But it does have court information that I believe clear, clears Mia Farrow and the public persona of her and my conclusion afterwards is that Woody Allen is a monster he's so gross that I can't get over it I'm a bit of a doubting Thomas I'm always trying to see the other side of things and that's the attorney part of me maybe or maybe that's why I became an attorney where if someone tells me something I'm I'm thinking why am I seeing this what's possibly the other side what's the spin on this there was a lot of court information that was not part of the public discourse and very tragic. All I can say is watch it and decide for yourself. I may watch it again because I had found it to be um, so compelling that I felt like I needed to get up and um, that I needed to maybe watch it again and absorb it again and see if I'm if it just was the mood that I was in if I can listen to it differently um, I might watch it with my oldest daughter and kind of get her perspective she's someone that I love to watch watch documentaries with we end up talking about it quite a bit I was thinking about splitting this up into two episodes but I think it'll be weird if I have like a two episode New Orleans um part and I have some stuff to share and I don't think it's enough for another episode so Thursday we get up early we try to get breakfast again restaurants closed go to the hotel and shower and get ready for the day and we're starving by then we went to the hotel restaurant completely ignored just ignored sat at a table the one person who was the wait person just was stacking cups and doing work and ignored us. So after about 10 minutes, we left. And this it's right before 11, and we couldn't get a seat anywhere. There were so few breakfast places open or places that were open before 11. And we went past one breakfast place. There was a 45-minute wait. I told them to put me on the list and then it had a, like a text system so I could opt out if we found something. So we, then we just started walking. And then we find this place called Killer Po' Boys that I always wanted to try. But every time I walked past it, I had already just eaten or something. Or I had some other sort of plans. 
And it was seven minutes before they opened. And they're like, come back at 11. And I, I'll tell you this. I was so frustrated at first. We were hungry. We were, we were walking around for an hour. Um, but we walked around the block. And I was sort of like, you really just can't have us sit in here for the next seven minutes <laughs> and then serve us. But okay. So we walked around the block. And by the time we walked around the block, we were able to go back in. We wanted to go to the Museum of Death, and it happened to be next down, next door. So initially, I'll say, when I sat down, I had kind of a negative attitude. But once we sat down, it was great. The people were so friendly. The person who turned us away turned out being really friendly. We There was vegan po' boys. My daughter had this great, like, toasted pecan butter local jam sandwich, and I had a vegan po' boy. It was cheap. Um, then we went to the shops on Canal. That's what it's called, Shops on Canal. It's like a mall. Very, very empty as well. A lot of the shops were closed down. And then we there's a movie theater there that I've been to many times. New Orleans is one of the only places that I'll go see a movie when I'm on vacation. Because it's a theater that, I don't know, I, I can't explain it. It's a tiny theater. They used to serve food, like used to be able to order food and then they would deliver it to you during the movie. But now it was... It looked like it had a change in ownership, and it um, just had, like, popcorn and snacks. And there was a bar. I think you could order sandwiches at the bar, but it wasn't what it used to be. And New Orleans is one place, and Coronado is the other place. Coronado has this really old-time movie theater, and both of these places I'll go see a movie at when I'm on vacation. So we looked at the movie times, we looked at the movies, and um, then went to the Confederacy Museum, there is this hilarious lady who works at the Confederacy Museum. She was there. I went there about a year and a half ago. Same lady standing in the same spot. She's a little crappy <laughs> um, for some reason, but it was fine. We had a nice time. That's actually where I did my court hearing. I did it inside the Confederacy Museum, and I was most of my role was listening and I was so afraid that my phone was going to come off of mute. So every time my daughter talked to me, I just kept putting my fingers to my lips. And I was trying to listen. So um, I don't know how much like I really got out of the museum. It's, it's super tiny. It's like two rooms. Um, but it has really, really cool old stuff from the Civil War. We were going to go to the World War II Museum, but there was a line to get in. And that was something I wasn't going to do. I wasn't going to wait in a line for anything. And then we decided, why don't we get some ice cream and then we'll take a break and go back to the hotel for a little bit. So we start walking and we were in the warehouse district, which is just really nice. Now it used to be sort of a, um, a ghost town and restaurants have popped up and it's just nice. And a lot of stuff was closed down, but still it seemed to be more happening the sidewalks are nicer. Um, you don't have as many homeless kind of accosting you. Um, there, I don't think we saw any homeless. And it's just a, a nicer area. So I figured there has to be some place to get ice cream. Like nothing. Just nothing. Like not a yogurt place. Like nothing. And then I remembered there was a gelato place next to our hotel that had been open for the last few days. So um, I said, well, if all else fails. We walk to the gelato place and then we walk there and it's not open. 
So at this point, I'm like, is there just somewhere we can go in and just get dessert? And there was a Foco de Chao that was basically next door to our hotel. So we went in and we went for a dessert. We had one of the most delicious cheesecake cakes I've ever had in my life and a papaya cream. The papaya cream was good. It was like papayas mixed with um, ice cream. And I think that I think they should have refroze it and made it more like ice cream. Instead, it was like almost like a creme brulee, but it was it was melted ice cream. Basically, it was delicious, but not what I expected. And I also ordered a cup of coffee. And for the days that we had been there, all I wanted to do was drink coffee in a ceramic mug. It was something that I missed so bad, that little bit of creature comfort of drinking coffee out of a ceramic mug. We went back to the hotel for a few hours before dinner, and I continued watching Alan versus Pharaoh. I finished it. I felt so bad for Dylan Pharaoh. People have said such mean things about her, and I wish her the best. I also concluded... Why would she lie about this? Because it was something where she has, I think people have said that she has lied about it and there was felt no benefit to it. I guess if you're taking Woody Allen's story is that he, I think he's always said that she believes it happened because she's been coached. And it's just carried over to her adult life. But I don't know. She just seems like it really, really is her memory and her story and what has happened to her. Um, it seemed like Mia Farrow was a lovely person as well. Um, and I will say this about her son, uh, Ronan Farrow, who's a journalist. I don't know if you've ever heard where people say, because Mia Farrow was married to Frank Sinatra like many, many years before Mia Farrow and Woody Allen started their relationship. And people always said that Ronan Farrow looks like Frank Sinatra and is probably, like, I don't know, not probably, but there's a rumor that that's, he's really Frank Sinatra's son and not Woody Allen's son because he looks nothing like Woody Allen. But what he does look like is his mother. He, like, big blue eyes and blonde hair like really really looks like his mother and then one of the things I learned is that he really looks like his grandfather there was a picture of Mia Farrow and her father and for a second I thought her father was Frank Sinatra so it all is fine I don't think there's any chance that Frank Sinatra was his father but it's kind of funny how how much Mia Farrow's dad looked like Frank Sinatra. So the whole time I was there to talk about work for a second, I worked uh, the whole time. I kept a timesheet. I checked in with the office. I did a FaceTime visit with my legal assistant. I still managed to have a good time. It wasn't all the time working, but there was, um, like, especially when I was watching things, like when I watched Coven and I watched the... Mia Farrow documentary the whole time I was working like I would have my laptop out I was working I brought some papers with that I had to read and review I took care of that and um so it didn't ruin my vacation and I think it makes me feel like 
I'm sort of caught up in a way. In a way, I don't know. You know, I'm sure that when I go in on Monday, I'm actually not looking forward to this upcoming week because the first thing that happens is I go back on Monday and continue the trial that shouldn't have been couldn't shouldn't have been continued, and then I have court and meetings like every day. Tuesday and Thursday are really big days. Um, my um, I have a deposition, um, not me getting deposed, but a client on Friday. And then my physical therapy starts next week too. So we went to um, a 5 p.m. reservation at a restaurant called Merrill, which is an Emerald restaurant. You didn't need a reservation. Uh, I found out when I got there. But I was kind of not just sure what I needed. Oh, I will tell you this about travel. Uber and Lyft are way more expensive than they have ever been. And you're waiting forever for them. So I'm not sure if it's that lots of people have dropped out of doing it or Uber has figured out that they can charge more. It's way more expensive. Like trips that would have been like six or seven dollars or more like 17 or 18 dollars. We just did a few. Um, I did a few um, to get me. I, I did one to get me to Frenchman St- Street and then we walked back. And then I did one to get me to Merrill's and then we walked back. I think that might have been it. And then we did cabs to and from the airport. The cabs, always do a cab to and from the airport when you're in New Orleans because you can, um, it's one it's one flat rate. They can't charge you more than $36. And so you don't have to worry about the meter or anything like that. I think it is such a great thing for a city um, that I don't know why other cities don't do it. I took a cab one time from JFK in New York and there was so much traffic. It was almost... I think a hundred dollars, like it was this crazy amount of money. Okay, what else? We had a nice dinner. Um, great service. They had happy hour prices, so I got the happy hour flatbread, and we walked back. and I was talking about the warehouse district before, so this was our second time there. And like I said, I thought it was some distance away, but not really. And walking back. We walked past the sidewalk cafe, and we saw Anthony Mackie from the Avengers. He's the Falcon, and he's been in probably all the Avengers movies and a bunch of the Captain Americas. Like, his storyline is kind of along with Captain America, and Captain America, he has Captain America's shield now, if you're following the um, Avengers story. He was sitting in a sidewalk cafe, and he was kind of behind a post, but I have a superpower, and my superpower is being able to spot celebrities out in the real world. I spotted Casey Affleck on a plane one time. I was the only person who knew where he was, who he was. I spotted Slash in Disneyland. Um, was like the only person who knew who he was. Like crazy. So I walked my daughter past, and I said, "That's the Falcon from the Avengers." And then we walked past again to make sure, but we didn't go talk to him. And I'll give you one word why we didn't, because of COVID. And I'm sure everyone is being cautious. In the past, I would have went up and asked for a selfie, and it felt not appropriate. But we did look at his Twitter, and New Orleans is his hometown, and he had a video from a couple of months ago of a Darth Vader street performer. 
that we ended up seeing 10 minutes later. So we sent, we commented on that tweet and said, saw you in a cafe, hope you had a good dinner or drink. And we saw the street performer as well and then left it at that. So it was a cool story. Not as fun as it may have been in, in the past, but who knows? I mean, maybe even without COVID, he wouldn't have wanted to be bothered and then it would have been a crappy story. <laughs> at least we have kind of a fun story now. So we went to the movies. We got there like an hour early. We saw a movie called Come True. It was not good. It was long. It was supposed to be a scary movie. It wasn't scary. It had a twist that wasn't really a twist. I felt like it was just sort of thrown in at the end. The twist didn't match the rest of the movie. There wasn't clues. If there would have been more clues, like that would have been cool. And my daughter slept the whole time. So I guess she was fine. She was bored. She went to sleep. It was a movie we thought we were going to like. It was boring. She went to sleep. I watched it. was bored. We walked back to the hotel. It was freezing. So after two days of like the craziest humidity ever and 80 degree weather, it was freezing and windy. And we got up early. We finally had our early bird breakfast at Daisy Duke's. $2.99 for breakfast. Like the price is right. It was a delight. And then we went back to the hotel and relaxed until it was time to leave. We packed and showered and took a cab. Once we got done, we, you know, hung out for a couple of hours. I used that time to get some work done. Um, we did a lot of sleeping. I'll be honest. Like we did a lot of sleeping. We took naps. <coughs> we would go back to sleep in the morning. One night, I think I went to bed at 9.30 New Orleans time, which is like 7.30 Arizona time. We just used it to relax. It was very relaxing. We took a cab to the airport. Again, it's so much harder to get a cab or an Uber. Cabs used to line up at the hotels. And you would just tell the valet, I need a cab. And they'd, get, they'd just wave the cab over. So the valet actually had to call a cab service. We had a super nice driver from Ethiopia with a great, interesting story. He used to have a restaurant. He doesn't anymore. It was just cool. A quick trip to the airport, easy through security. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you something kind of funny. I was getting my things, and a lady tapped me on the shoulder. Her stuff was coming out of the tube. Like, it wasn't even out of the x-ray tube yet. She taps me on the shoulder as I'm getting my things, and she's like, we're in a hurry. So I was a bit... I felt I was like annoyed, like, okay, I get it. You're in a hurry, but you're going to push someone's stuff. You're going to push someone out of the way who's getting their stuff when your stuff's not there. But then I just thought I can't internalize it. I, just, I know how scared people get when they're running late to the airport. Like I've been there where you just start panicking, where it just seems like the minutes are going by by seconds. Um, here's another thing about New Orleans. The one reason that I hated to travel there, um, well, one was it was hard to get direct flights, so that's gone. And the other thing was the airport. They had the worst airport ever, just ever. Their airport was, like, so dingy. There was restaurants in there, but, like, the smell of years of the restaurants just seeped in the walls. Um, I found um, at the old airport, I had found, like, this... I always called it a secret place, but it wasn't really secret. All the way down the terminal, there was an area that wasn't really used. 
and but you had to go all the way through the terminal to like hang out there there were no lounges at the old airport there's a a lounge now so we went to the lounge and I worked you know set up um, my computer got work done and I haven't traveled in a while but I've always said that lounges are a great place to grab something to eat and get some work done it's so much easier than trying to work because there's tabletops you know there's tabletops there's place tons of places you can plug in chargers and in this lounge there was soup and cheese and hummus and um, it was a nice way to end what we were doing and um, I will say this people have COVID fatigue for sure there were lots of people going place to place and big family groups everywhere the last two days that we were in New Orleans, huge groups of people, like families, you know, like you'd see like some parents, a bunch of strollers, like people were traveling like crazy. When we left on Friday, a bunch of people were pulling into the hotel and we were going to stay until Saturday. And I had the night before I, the night before we left, I, that I left Phoenix I got up in the middle of the night and called American and changed my flight. It cost more, but I actually ended up saving because I changed my hotel and then changed to a different hotel and got a really great rate. So it about evened out. But the thought of being gone for four nights was like really bumming me out. So we did come home Friday at like rush hour and my husband picked us up and it was a huge amount of traffic going back and tons of people had flown into Phoenix. And the whole reason I had chosen to fly Tuesday through Saturday is because those are the best days to fly. If you fly out on Tuesday, not many people are flying out, although the Phoenix airport was very crowded and not, um, but the, our flight wasn't. So I don't know where everyone was going at that time. And then Saturday, people who, like a lot of people go away for the weekend, so they leave on Friday or come in on Friday. And so when you come in on, when you fly on Saturday, especially like Saturday afternoon, it's a great time to fly. But I don't know. Now I feel silly. It would have been fine to stay an extra day. (laughs) But we didn't. We came home a day earlier. And then when we came home to babies with with a stomach virus, so... Fingers crossed that I don't get it. My daughters kind of have it. Um, And it's hard when there's babies with it because you still need to feed them and hold them and change them. And everything is, you're, you're just touching everything. I took them for a walk this morning, the older baby. And I think the air really, really did them well. So that's it. That was my New Orleans trip. I know this is a long podcast for me. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette, Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name, and you can find me on um, Facebook under my law office, Law Office Florence Bremer. You can find me on my website, bremerlaw.com. And I'm also launched on Patreon. We're still having the special of where you can get the shirt or you can get the shirt and the time management um, talk. 
So take care, and I will be back in two weeks to talk to you. Thanks. Bye-bye.